Hello and welcome to today's podcast. It's our great pleasure today to have with us Veronica Miller. Veronica is the CEO of Modernus. Have I pronounced that correctly? I hope so. You can correct me in a minute, Veronica. Um, Modernus is a media company that connects the interior design industry based in the States. Modernus offers a vital gateway to multiple marketing opportunities for the interior design community. Veronica, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. You've pronounced that perfectly. Did I? And I really yes, you did. And I really liked that intro as well. I'm going to steal that. Oh, fine. Thank Copy you. Copy and paste. No problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Veronica. We met many years ago in London on what I think was the first ever blog tour, 2011, I believe. We did. We did. We did. It's been forever ago. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so much has changed in this industry. But yeah, we did. I brought, I think at the time, it was ambitious and brought 17 bloggers wow. to London wow. to uh, write about London Design Festival. Wow. Yeah. So much has changed in all of that time. We'll talk about blogging and the question after next, I think, actually. Can you yeah. tell us, first of all, can you tell us about the Modernus portfolio, how it's grown and how it's grown to become such a significant voice in the interior design sector in the US and, of course, like throughout Europe, really, but predominantly based in the US right now? Yeah, it is based in the U.S., uh, but obviously it's digital, so we're mm-hmm. we're Everywhere. sort of we're, wherever anyone will have us, and that's gotten quite interesting uh, because it really is around the world by now. But um, uh, yeah, we we launched Medanus in 2010 as a uh, portal for for designers, for design portfolios, for. Uh, uh, products and really to be a resource, and this was sort of inspired post crash by trying to create something virtually that um, people had lost in in the shuffle of of the big recession, mm-hmm. and um, so we wanted people to be able to connect with each other and had originally started out with discussion forums and and all of that, and over the years um, we had to like everybody else attack. Um, a number of times to really kind of respond to the marketplace that was shifting very quickly in digital media and in social media. So today we really, really focus on um, the product portal, which is both for consumers. So anyone can see all the products. Design professionals can actually log in, apply first because they have to be vetted. We make sure that they are indeed design professional. Yeah. and then they can log in and see much more trade-only information. So they'll see additional brands that are not visible to the consumer, but they also see trade pricing, uh, trade discounts when somebody has sa- sample sale. All of that is on the back end uh, of the Medanus platform. We do still have portfolio um, a portfolio section on the site as well, which allows designers to get visibility, but we're actually going to kill that and focus on the products only. So it really is just a very big uh, product directory with uh, products from all over the world. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. So can you just skip back a question? We'll go back to blog tours. And um, I think we touched on how technology has evolved so much in such a short space of time, but also um, going back to 2011, the role of the blogger really now has been completely redefined, hasn't it, over the last few years? But you have a real intel into that sector. Could you tell us why you think that happened and what you think the new role of the... Did you, over in the States, do you use the word influencer now? Oh, yes, yeah. we live for that word. <laughs> I say that. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, we do. And I have my very own opinions on that topic. But uh, but first, yes, uh, blog tour was sort of, um, it was a funny thing. It, it was one of the first ever blogger programs to be launched, certainly multi-brand programs. I think we really were the first one to do that. And um, and the reason why was because everything I thought I was building with Modenus mm-hmm. um, was, while sort of cool, um, really not happening at the right time. Uh, people were still sort of shell-shocked from the, uh, from the crash. Uh, brands didn't understand that one could spend money on digital platforms and actually get visibility we we were just too early and uh we really print you think absolutely there was there's there's a lot of question about where print was going print was giving digital away for free so if you bought an ad in a magazine you got their website for free and here came veronica thinking she had just invested and reinvented sliced bread and 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 everybody said, mm, this is great. We'd love to be on your site, but we won't pay you for it, surely. You're silly. Um, so, which didn't work so well for a, you know, single mother of three. Um, I felt like income was a really nice idea. So I had to do something else. And, and I said tacking earlier, and we've done that many times uh, since. Uh, you know, I, I I hosted a couple of events, and one was in New York at the Architectural Digest show in twenty uh, in twenty eleven, and uh, I said, you know, I lo- I meet a lot of bloggers on Twitter at the time. Um, that's where everybody was sort of concentrated, and I would love to do something. I would love to bring them together in real life. And the show said, sure, we'll buy the booze. How how terrible can it be? Um, why don't you bring some of those bloggers with you and we'll cap it at 50 people and 95 showed up. Wow. Uh, absolutely ran out of um, bucks fizz, as you call them, or, or <laughs> Bloody Marys and mimosas, as which was became the title of the event. Um, and everybody sort of said, you know, this is so great. We need to meet in real life. We have to make a connection to make all this digital stuff make sense again. We have to meet in real life as well, and we have to connect the dots with reality, with showrooms, with trade shows. Mm-hmm. And that's where the idea was born. And and somebody in the room literally said, well, you've got us here. What are you going to do with us now? And I said, I'm going to take you all to London. And because I love London Design Festival, I think at the time bloggers were talking mostly about their own backyard. And I said, there's not enough global uh, exchange happening. So let's bring the Americans to the UK. And we did. And uh, the brands that sponsored that, um, and we were the main one because somehow, you know, we had to sort of prove that it would work. Um the brands that did sponsor it said, same thing, you've just connected the dots and gave a tangible side to this social media phenomenon. Yeah. And we sort of built on that, had lots more blog tours, uh, 2012, 2013, 2014. I think we overall maybe ended up with like 25 of those tours. And But the, 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 the marketplace obviously changed. Mm-hmm. The uh, the economy got better. Designers went back to designing. You could see that the blogging was tapering off. The deliverables that we had asked of people to write blog posts for each sponsor and so forth, um, that sort of was delayed a little bit more. Uh, people didn't quite um, 
you know, yeah. weren't able to really deliver as quickly as we needed them to because they were now busy designing again, yeah. which was good news. Yeah, but it has and to be done in real time, doesn't it? It does. Well, you, you now you're almost a journalist. In fact, I always tell people that a blogger, a good blogger is a publisher, not a journalist. You're not paid for writing. You're paid for being a marketing partner for the brand that you're working with. And, um, but what then happened, of course, Facebook got more attention. Pinterest had a, had a bit of a uh, time in the, in the limelight and is now coming back to that. And Instagram, of course, uh, you know, took the cake and, and ran with it. And uh, many people moved their platforms over from blogging onto Instagram entirely. And um, so we had to once again shift our direction um, to be more inclusive. We also had lots of uh, lots of actual journalists who might have been laid off or who were working less for print asking us, you know, can I come? I have a blog. I have social now. Can I, I, I know I'm a journalist, not a blogger per se, and I'm not a designer. Can I, can I come to these trips? So we opened it up and w shifted slowly over the years from blog tour to the Design Hounds brand. Yes. And that's so it's moved over to there now. So it's it's not called Blog Tour at all. It's Design Hands now. Correct. We we did, we kind of really officially retired Blog Tour last year, um, but technically they've been overlapping for the last two and a half to three years. And uh, and Design Hounds, everybody took to the name. It really now is, and it's actually relaunching. We're relaunching our website this week, in fact. And uh, so I'm excited about that. I say that thinking of my developer who's probably who will be listening to this going oh <laughs> yes um <laughs> must hassle so so really it is it has become a real and there's that word influencer network yes. but it is with focus on truly design professionals mm -hmm. they can be design media but they mostly are actual working kitchen bath and interior designers who also have a good social media or blog following it's not for us it's not about the true influencer that has created a career out of out of an instagram platform yeah they're professional influencers if that does that is that redefine it better actually as you say because they're all practitioners aren't they it's like, exactly it's no exactly yeah so me going to a print yeah. show and talking about it because i know i know that space they own that space they know about it so the, the bits and pieces that they pick up, that they don't pick up necessarily, as, as you say, because it's sponsored, they're picking up because it's good along the exactly. way and along that journey. So it actually, you know, it, it endorses itself, doesn't it? Which is good. It, it has to be credible, credible uh, that yeah. for us, for us, we we're not looking for, for mega numbers. We're looking for credible content. Um, we're looking, I will not use the word authenticity because it makes me crazy, mm -hmm. like so many of the other keywords, right? But, but we are looking for credible and professional content and we're looking for insights and proper questions from people that are sitting in a room with a brand and saying, well, can it do this? And even if that brand has to kind of think about it and, and say, you know what? No, it doesn't. But we're glad we're having this conversation. We're really gaining something for that client. So 
it, it has to matter and we're not just there to parrot press releases no, uh, so yeah, that's it's all a big about, difference yeah, it's call to action isn't it it's how many contacts how many actual commercial business relationships were were manufactured from those from from those activities that's actually what it's about it's not about so many people get focused on the dopamine i think these days it's like oh how many likes how many followers how yeah. many this how many that? you know what it's not about quantity it's about quality isn't it it, it is. And I can't believe we're still doing that. And I love the yeah. word dopamine in this context. It really is. And it's it's not, you know, we've we, it's sort of been this gold rush. And, and this gold rush started sort of in 2007. I read a lot of books about uh, this industry because as I was myself shifting from being a designer to being a marketeer in the design sort of space mm – -hmm. I um, I had to learn stuff because I didn't know what a blog was or how one blogs, and I didn't know how to tweet at all. I had to learn all that, and I read a lot of books. And there was one book by by Clay Shirky, Here Comes Everybody, and um, it's actually a longer title, but uh, that's the gist of it. And it really was um, sort of interesting because I was absolutely right there with him. I thought if this phenomenon on social media just keeps on growing the way – one would expect it because it gives everybody that has something to sell essentially a free platform on which to sell it and to talk about it and to promote it. Then who's listening? Yeah. And, and here we are, you know, in 2019, and this has become a very major concern. So it's always for us about creating events, brand campaigns, individual collaborations that are sticky, that are visible, and that are that are different from the last one because we have to find ways to stop people in their path, to take note, and then we have to give them really meaningful content so that they don't feel like they've been sold out. And um, and so it's absolutely not about, you know, these and, and big influencer business absolutely does work. I think it's very brand and product specific. Um, in the interiors world in particular, uh, there are some really, really great people out there, particularly in England, actually. Um, but there's also the, 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 the smaller influencers and the design professionals can't be left out of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. But as you say, it's um, having the right t tools to cut through the noise of uh, millennial marketing, isn't it? And, mm -hmm. and drawing on your experience too. I think, um, I'm sure you'll agree that it's now really, it's about the importance of community and collaboration, but very targeted communities. It's not about the numbers, it's about the quality. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a niche factor. And, you know, when you, you said the, the other dreaded word, millennials, just now, and... Uh, <laughs> it's not so dreaded well, it's, <laughs> it's such a... Well, you know, there, there's such a... Um, it's such a wide swath of people because yeah. of how they're defined in terms of, uh, uh, um, you know, years of, of birth. Um, that you have to argue, actually, there's probably two or three generations in terms of behavior stuck inside that group. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, some call millennials very entitled. And um, I don't necessarily think that's true, but I'm sure there's some entitled people. There's also some entitled boomers. So I, I hate to try and pigeonhole mm. marketing like that anymore. I kind because of, yeah, I kind of use it in a different format. I kind of use it as a measure of time in the, you know, in the same way you'd say, oh, 
Art Deco, Art Nouveau. It's kind of, for me, millennial kind of just sums up this whole, you know, like you say, a couple of decades where there are, as you say, so many, thing, so many things pigeonholed into that space. But it's just, mm -hmm. it's almost a time marker rather than defining, because as you say, you know, people define back to the properties and the, the purpose of the millennials, as you say, the needy, the this, this, that, the other. It's kind of not personal. It's just really a point in time where all of that digital disruption took place and it has without question changed how we all work daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I completely agree. I just think it's important to think about every time you have a trend or a tendency with, within the marketplace or a direction that there's, you know, there's, uh, um, there's going to be some kind of counterculture as mm -hmm. well. So, you know, the natural assumption and, and rightfully so is that some, someone that's, that's, born in the, you know, 90s, has grown up a digital native and understands smartphones, you know, inside and out. I barely know where the on button is, uh, but I use it as a weapon of mass destruction with tweets and Instagram. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I can absolutely do that. But, but what's interesting is there's a lot of younger people that that while using these things, they actually don't put a lot of emphasis on how many younger people absolutely never, never even set up voicemail, don't use phones as phones at all anymore, but they, and they use other functionality without thinking about it. And yet many are absolutely opposed to things like Facebook. So, so you just, and some are, are really getting very hipster about, um, their whole part of the world and really are defying all of these trends and are saying, you know, none of this stuff interests me. I'm really looking for sort of non-scalable stuff for, for, you know, you've got food movements, you've got local maker movements and they're reversing again. Meanwhile, you've got baby boomers, people who are now in their, you know, uh, 50s still and 60s who are saying, ah, oh, I'm downsizing and I want a, a super modern, very small kitchen and I want to travel a lot. We didn't expect these people to do that. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because they, well, I guess what you're saying is they're not um, as materialistic. So you've got the old generation selling it, you know, whereas people used to do that when their kids flew the nest, I guess. But these days, everybody wants to have that second edge to their life where they have the freedom that the, the younger people have without the responsibilities. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now it's your grandparents fleeing the nest and you're going, yeah. wait, 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 where are you going? <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to cater to us, knit something. Yeah. And they're like, no, <laughs> going date, to yeah. uh, Ibiza or something. Don't spend our inheritance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh no, but we are. And um, so that's generating so think, a whole new marketplace, isn't it? A whole new space for marketing too. Well, exactly. And I think that's so exciting. And but that is to me why it's so important to never, never just sort of stroke everything with one brush, but to really have individual conversations. So when we work with brands, uh, we drive them completely mad because they really just want to write a check and say, okay, influencers, influencers. And we're like, no, 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 no. Let's sit down. Let's talk about your goals. Half the time, these brands can't actually define them. Yes. Uh, they just, they want to be part of the gold rush and, and we're saying there isn't one. So what are your goals? Is it brand recognition? What are you, what are you trying to get out of this? And, and then let's actually pursue that and partner with the right people to get you exactly that. And, um, 
so but then we 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 love having i i can't stand speaking in front of crowds i i like speaking at, at round tables and in smaller groups because i want to hear what everybody else has to say yeah to have a conversation yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah because that's where the answers are they're in the room and it's you have to ask the right questions you can't just talk over everybody's head so this is where I learned from boomers and from, you know, my my generation, which was completely forgotten, the Gen Xers. There's only four of us. And <laughs> and, and we have opinions, too. And and then all the millennials and then the Gen Ys now and everybody else. But I, it's so interesting for me to to um, kind of bring all those thoughts back together into a pool from which we then can redistribute and think about solutions. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, I think, as you say, people pigeonhole to try and define a space to make it more workable, but it's a lot harder than that because you've got mm-hmm. so many multicultural groups within and within those sectors and microclimates within all of those sectors. And I think your industry is similar to my, in mine as well, really, that the interior decor sector has hundreds of microclimates and targeting the right content to reach each of those needs multiple channels, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and constantly shifting channels because Uh, you just, and you know, and this is sort of this old, I mean, look at all the old, old, old marketing books. I'm, I'm thinking of in the States, Zig Ziglar, right? It, It was always about listen to the customer and listen to your marketplace. Just listen, stop thinking you have ideas and do not have preconceived notions because especially in this marketplace, they'll be wrong. So, so listen. So I spend, the vast majority, I'm on various social platforms all day, every day. Uh, it isn't work for me. It's sort of just where I'm immersed, whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook. And I listen to what people are talking about. And um, their concerns are what ultimately sets the trend and sets the direction for solutions. It's not the other way around. So when when brands and marketers remain in their silo of well-intended research, they they oftentimes miss the real conversations. So, you know, being out there, I, I think every brand should have more social listening than they do social promotion, uh, just because there's so much to be gleaned from from the people that are the that are out in this yeah. country. Yeah, because I know? guess yeah. that 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 your feed is your room, isn't it? Really, mm-hmm. and like you say, just connecting, liking, talking, sharing is all part of it. It's not about just pushing it out. It's about collecting it back and actually, you know, understanding. Yeah. The, the message. Yeah. 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 Was, yeah was exactly. It, is it correct? So just just talking about that message. Then, are you um, how what projects have you got in the near future for Design Hounds? Are you you've got various things I think on the bubble. Yes. Yes, yes, we're doing well, we're relaunching the site. And that is simply because over the years, um, people didn't really know where we were positioned, if if Design Hounds was sort of a really private club or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really never was intended to be. Uh, it, It was meant to be open. The reason why I launched it like that, I said, look, I don't know who's doing great work in this influencer space. I know my network and it's not small but i still don't know all the other networks <clears throat> no idea who's out there so each year we do a design hounds top 100 nominations and that really is for us to meet new people that we can reach out to and say 
you're amazing. I had no idea you were alive. I mean, this is great stuff. So it's it's about making the, the community bigger. And so we're really being more blunt about saying everyone that is involved in the industry as a design professional, as design media, even as a marketer, can sign up to be part of the Design Hounds community. Um, you can do that by, by registering on the site, mm -hmm. but you can also do it just by using the hashtag Design Hounds everywhere. And we, we look for that content all the time and kind of browse through and see who's, who's doing what. So, um, and then as we develop brand campaigns, so brands reach out to us with, we've got a showroom opening. We've, we need an individual one-on-one -on -one collaboration with a design hound. We need, we want to think about doing a tour to somewhere. Um, then we put that together and then people within the community can all apply to be part of it. So it's proactive. So, so instead of us reaching out saying, can you come and do this event? Yeah. We let people claim it because mm -hmm. someone from England might well be in New York for a few weeks and say, oh, absolutely, I want to come do this. We don't know that. So it's it's up to the individuals to, to kind of tell us what they're interested in doing and what they would like to cover. And then we, we you know, have a selection process and then uh, the show goes on the road. It's it's definitely either a, a trip and experience-based uh, offer mm -hmm. or it's it's a it's a paid offer so it just really depends on on the parameters of of whatever it is we're working on but there's lots of these and these are no longer veronica driven so i don't have to be at each event okay. uh because i'm old and tired you have, so. you have a clone on it <laughs> no, I, I actually have a very good support team, Great. but but sometimes it's also not necessary that we're there at all. We support yeah. online, we amplify, we aggregate the content, we report, so we provide the infrastructure for the event, but we don't have to be there in person anymore. Right. So um, going to... Um, to California in October to uh, West Edge Design Fair. Uh, then in January, our uh, arguably biggest event in the year is the Kitchen and Bath Show in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's really, really great um, because it really has become quite an international show by now. Um, so it's, it's massive and it's three days long, but would benefit from being five days long. Um, it's product driven, but there's also a lot of, uh, conversation. So we, we have a number of hats at that show, but we do bring a design house tour, uh, to, to that show. And then we have lots of individual collaborations with, with our brand partners. So anyone listening, really, it's just literally the hashtag design hands, isn't it? And, yeah. um, and up, up will come that entire feed wherever you are with the history and uh, all the future too, which is great. Yeah, exactly. So it all lives there. People love it and, mm -hmm. and love being part of something bigger because even if you're somebody that, you know, has maybe just broken a thousand followers to go back to that number thing, uh, it's totally okay to, to come on board because if you are writing the right content and if you're, you know, in particularly in an important niche, so you might be into technology, you might be into color, you might be into wellness or sustainability, then, then your numbers are fine because we can still amplify them. And what's interesting, our network amplifies them even when they're not involved because it is a community and they help each other. 
and so that's really great so that is yeah that's the purpose of it all isn't it really making sure everyone gets the right information yeah when when required that's great which um which marketing channels would you recommend to to designers um, who are working in the industry would you say instagram twitter Mm. well it it, so the first question that i for everything um, whether they want to be an influencer or whether they're trying to get new business mm-hmm. is to always ask yourself what's in it for them. What's in it for the potential client? What are you giving them? So if you're looking for clients and figure out, are they clients in your area or are they clients um, on a national or even international scale? And based on that, you define your social platform. Um, Instagram obviously is a great place uh, I am a firm believer that it, at the very least, if you're sharing content on Instagram, you must credit. We're actually yeah. very, very particular about yeah. that. Big issue. Um, yeah. Huge issue. Yeah. And um, so if you really feel like you don't have anything to show yet, maybe you're a very young designer, but you're trying to build your aesthetic for potential clients, uh, then you must credit, and, and I'm somebody that will go as far as saying, and in line one, not at the bottom of the post, mm-hmm. because somebody has actually done that work, and it yeah. makes me completely crazy. We we will not work with people that don't credit, period, exactly. no matter how many followers. Well, exactly, because so often people are looking at the picture, aren't they? And, and if, you, if you don't get the text right, you're not giving credit where it's due, and you're passing it off as your own, which, as you say, is a red card offence. Yes, absolutely. Even even if it's just implied and you are crediting, but it's so low in your text that you're sort of implying or you're saying thank you when somebody said, wow, that's fabulous because no one reads. Uh, you don't say thank you. You say, yes, it's so-and-so's work, uh, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll pass it on. That's really important for, for social media to remain credible or else it's just all smoke and mirrors and then we've got nothing. So that's like that yeah i can go on for hours about that so <laughs> <laughs> but but so and i've i've i know some designers who have done phenomenally well curating only their own work mm-hmm. sometimes progress shots Uh, Progress shots do really well on Instagram stories. Show the dirt, show the sweat, show the tears so that people know that you're actually relatable and then put the pretty finished thing on on your permanent feed. It's about making it real, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tell your story. A a homeowner wants to know and must know um, how difficult what you do actually is. Design is not easy. It's a lot of maths. It's a lot of uh, um, project management and thought and um, strategy goes into a well-designed interior. It's not about pick, uh, pointing and telling and, and talking about, you know, pretty fabric. It's it's not. So, um and homeowners need to see that it takes time, that it takes money, and that there's a reason why you're hiring a professional. That's so right, you right. can you can tell that story if you want. If you're looking to be an influencer or both, um, sure, Instagram remains great. Understand that ultimately, just like Facebook, uh, Instagram will tighten its algorithms even further to where you're no longer going to reach your following in the numbers that you should because it's a pay-to-play platform. Uh, But that's okay. That can be part of a business strategy as well. Um, Newsletters, I think, are 
extremely important. Stay in touch with your old clients. Stay in touch with brands that you've worked with. Stay in touch with everyone. Um, owning, you know, this own database of, of newsletter signups is, is really important. Yeah. Uh, Pinterest is still one of the number one traffic drivers. So build that well because, and that's probably my last Part of this whole equation, nothing is more important than your own website. Instagram can close tomorrow. It can be sold. Um, Facebook can get sued. Something can happen. This is no longer your space. It's it's a it's kind of a rented space, you know. Uh, what you need to always have is the backup of your own website. That's where your content lives. That's where your traffic goes. And that's where your voice needs to stay. So after, you know, eight, nine years of blog tour, actually blogs, I think, are still very important. I agree. Yeah, it's the SEO, isn't it? And as you said, mm -hmm. it's your own integrity. You've got that forever. It's all your your own hard work. And you're not at yeah. the mercy of uh, the big platforms. You know, incredible things happen out there and that shock all of us. But um, you've, yes, you've got to, it's your own front door. You've got to look after it. Yep. And, and you can monetize it because there's so much great opportunity uh, on the e-commerce side with affiliate commission, affiliate links. Uh, we have some amazing, amazing people within our community and our networks who are doing an extraordinary job in terms of the traffic they produce for their blog and, frankly, the money they make off of their blog um, simply by being consistent, by creating great, valuable content that yep. will never go away. Delivering the value, exactly. Yep. It's, it's not just, yep. yeah, it's, it's not, it's the num it's the value, not the numbers, isn't it? Always is. Mm -hmm. This comes back to that. Um, there are huge, next question, there are huge opportunities for British brands in the US. And um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, I think, off air. Can you share a couple of your, your success stories of people who have actually, through social media and marketing, moved into the American marketplace from Europe Yes, and it's it's so I mean so I'm I'm a complete Anglophile and it can't be helped. It will never go away. It's a it's a love that um particularly when you're a marketer, it's a bit of a challenging relationship because marketing in the US is so different from from the UK. <laughs> but but I love it anyway, and I love nothing more than coming to London Design Festival. Um <clears throat> I love I love um, exploring new artisans, you know, your own industry, the surface artists, uh, the textiles, the wallpapers um, are really sort of have just done so well in the U.S. market. We covet great British design. And, and you know, I, I remember years ago, I still wrote many of my own blog posts. And every time I wrote somebody about the, 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 the amazing artist that does teacups, Richard Brendan, you know, I, I couldn't get enough of his work. And um, he's now a superstar in the States with, with outlets and in all the major high-end luxury retailers, not just e-commerce mm -hmm. anymore. Um, so that's been great. Following the the rise of Devol Kitchens, who have just now opened a showroom in in New York, but have been just coveted by U.S. audiences uh, for such a long time because you know it's it's almost their look that is that is just so um, you know so legendary yeah. by by now. 
And um, so it's really great. Now we have this rocking brand, Buster and Punch, that's taken uh, the U.S. by storm with their hardware collections, light switches and, and all of that. And with marketing, that's actually really uh, almost aggressively American. And uh, so it's it's been really, really cool to to watch some of these brands come into the market, all with different approaches. And um, one of the things we're actually uh, working on as part of a separate consultancy away from Medenas. So I have another company mm-hmm. called M2 Connect, and M2 is is, is purely a, a brand consultancy. And we work with the National Kitchen and Bath Association, which is uh, the NKBA here in the U.S., on a project called Global Connect. And uh, we've launched that also in England in 2017 to really only start a dialogue within the kitchen, bath, and associated um, sort of industry. So it could be lighting, flooring, hardware, um, all of that. And um, technically could play into really design as a whole, whether it's textiles and, you know, um, all the rest of it as well. Um, Just to kind of hear what people were looking for and and, – it was really kicked off. Were you at our yeah. event in 2017, right? Yeah. At our at our brunch at the Ivy. <clears throat> yeah. At the Ivy. Um, yeah. And it was standing room only, and we just really <laughs> didn't. And you know, I love NKBA for saying, "Okay, we're on board. Let's do it." Uh, we understand we have no guarantees because we have no way of knowing whether anybody wants to speak to a bunch of Americans at all. And and it really was standing room only. And it was competitors side by side having brunch, talking about business. And that's exactly the way you grow business is by taking your brand hat off and, and simply talking industry. So – you know, we were really positively uh, surprised by by the wonderful turnout in 2017. Did another event in London in 2018, which uh, allowed some of those brands to actually present. And NKBA had flown in uh, some designers. Uh, some, I'm sorry, some media from the U.S. We had El Decor, we had Interior Design Magazine sitting in the room and they got to have this Global Connect Design Bytes presentation, sort of a rapid fire, five minute prezzo about their brands uh, And uh, during London Design Festival. And, and it was really amazing and the, the editors loved it and the brands appreciated the opportunity. Uh, we had another wonderful brand from your part of the country, uh, Ted Todd Flooring. Yeah whom I had coveted for years in uh, at Decorex, and uh, they attended, and they're now exhibitors at the Kitchen and Bath Industry Show and are doing phenomenally well. So hopefully they will be attending an event that we're hosting in Cheshire in on October 7th, which is our first ever uh, business summit, a Global Connect business summit. So we will have manufacturers from all over Europe, from beyond Europe, some people are flying from New Zealand and from Jordan and from Dubai to come and attend us. Wow! And we'll have a full day of, of speakers speaking to everything from American infrastructure to state of the economy, future outlooks, uh, these niche trends that are really important, logistics, all of it. 
that's so great. that's it's, that's it's so important that you can have those face-to-face meetings especially when you talk about younger brands it just builds builds the confidence doesn't it yeah it so does and for that, but you know what it's it, the u.s market is a phenomenal opportunity yeah. uh, everybody sees the numbers and says <laughs> 320 million people we must go there at once particularly <laughs> in light of things like brexit mm-hmm. <clears throat> however it can actually be a devastating number and it's really important to understand and i know you know this from your own experiences that when america does fall in love with a british or european brand you now have to actually deliver yeah and it can be many orders which sounds like a good thing but it can be it can be devastating for your business if you're not ready for it um so so my one of my big goals in this marketplace is to remain connected through this uh, Global Connect program, excuse me, to really help uh, young brands, innovative brands, small brands, and also the big manufacturers look at new avenues and look at what they have to think about in terms of marketing budgets. you know, how to really shore up for for bigger orders or how to partner with other brands to do something together so that you're not out in the cold alone. Yeah, and, it's, that's, that's you know? interesting you say that because that kind of leads into our next question, actually, which is about um, online product fulfillment services, really, because one of the things I've seen from my side of the marketplace more and more is the development of the new hubs, really, print print shops, print bureaus, but they are highly skilled production environments that can literally drop ship white labeled product worldwide. So it's totally possible for a designer here in the UK now to have no manufacturing whatsoever, but be able to drop ship worldwide through a series of hubs. Yep. And have yes. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go have ahead. you seen that growth over in the um, US as well with the from the US creative brands? We are, but I have to tell you, I'm seeing a lot of uh, the e-commerce coming out of the UK. Um, and I again, I think that's for good reason. You're you're on an island, you know. If you're not pushing yourself out there, um, it's going to get tighter and tighter. Particularly as these industries take take hold, and it's easier to to create a dropship brand. So so you have to push out, and um, you know, e-commerce being as simple as as hosting an e-commerce site on on Instagram by now is a really, really great opportunity. So yes, we we see them in the States all over the place. Um, You know, in in my world, I immediately think, oh gosh, somebody needs to curate and aggregate this because otherwise, otherwise, it's not going to work again. Um, So, so, but at the moment, I think it's a really, really great way to, again, as long as you connect the dots back to a platform that you own as well. I just think long-term that's going to be really, really key to not just bank on a platform on Instagram. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, that whole Etsy generation yeah. where they have an Etsy store, but then they ultimately, and the same with Amazon to a certain extent, I, have a, mm-hmm. I know quite a few people who sell on Amazon, that they can be then held to ransom if they don't tick the boxes and follow the rules of shipment and delivery and everything else as life gets more complicated. So, exactly. Yeah. So it's, um, you, you need, you build your own philosophy on your own platform and you build the business the way you want to run it. 
Yeah, you have to. And I think especially as we're going into this next decade, which will be an interesting one, uh, global marketplace is going to be huge. Uh, global trade is going to be huge. But again, you know, once you really hit deep water and, and you somehow become this brand that just really takes off, you have to be prepared to actually be able to fulfill that and yeah. uh, or have whoever's manufacturing for you fulfill it. But so you still have to do the, you know, you can't just shoot from the hip. You yeah, still have to do, got to do the good old fashioned planning. Yeah, business model. <laughs> I sound like this old, this old lady now, but, but you know, it's, it's really true. No, you, just right, kind of, but you, can't do that, you can't do that in an app yet quite yet. Can you? you have to use exactly. Your, one has to just have to use one's brain. <laughs> but I, you know, and I love, love, especially the, the, your space in this world of, um, uh, digitizing mm. uh, design is so phenomenal because whether you're using it for commercial purposes, for marketing purposes for that matter, or in residential design, it doesn't matter because the sky really has become the limit, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and I think, you know, knowing that you're, you're able to just kind of build not just your own design design firm anymore, but your own design brand, I think is, is really exciting. And I think, and, and this is me, I must asking you a question because mm -hmm. I, I think textiles and um, um, wall coverings were sort of the initial push. But are you seeing other products being uh, digitized as well and, and uh, customizable? Massively. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, kind of first probably primarily started with wallpapers coming from the technology from the graphics industry. It was kind of easier to put it onto a piece of paper moving back 10, 15 years. But no, the, the textile space is huge. And then as the growth of the different ink sets, different technologies moves further and further out, what you can print on anything pretty much, glass, wood, anything at all and in any I think the most important point is in any quantity mm -hmm. so if you want a meter two meters or a thousand meters makes no difference makes no difference yeah. see and I I think about this and, and people are saying you know what's what's because so much of our work is in kitchens and baths it's that's we're not necessarily limited there but we end up there often but now think about where that hasn't even that these technologies have only just sort of been introduced is in kitchen and bath in terms of tile in terms of cabinet fronts yeah. um, you can really do whatever you want i saw yeah. something the other day i can't remember where it was probably pinterest um it was a digitally printed corian yep looked amazing Absolutely. yeah so you yeah. know there is no no surface is safe from digital no and uh, this is disruption great. <laughs> you know, uh, a brand that we work with, uh, Wilson Art um, Laminates, yeah. they do a whole uh, custom line where you can um, send in the pattern that you need for for a uh, very limited run application and you can have your own, the, your own laminate. And the important thing there as well, especially within the interior design communities, it gives everybody a USP, a, a unique road to market. It protects yep. their design creativity. So in the past of past use of the internet where somebody would get the skew of a fabric or a product, pop it into Google and then the interior designer would do all of that hard work building the mood board, putting the scheme together and then the client could just go, 
off-grid and order it because it was 50p a meter cheaper somewhere yep. else and not you know have no thought at all for the integrity and talent of the interior designer i think that's why customization and digitization is just incredible because the designer owns it mm -hmm. it's crucial Protect. there's there's no there's no way around it and any designer out there has to think about custom everything and it's it starts with custom um, millwork in a home if you're if you're you know designing cabinetry libraries these are just all the things custom furniture these are all the things that that a homeowner can now no longer run out and buy somewhere else um, and it it's a huge opportunity and it's still not maximized and then creating your own design brand out of that ability is I think really where it's going to where the where the marketplace is going to go for the designers. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, there's incredible opportunities, entrepreneurial opportunities in those spaces worldwide. Absolutely mm -hmm. worldwide. Makes no difference where you are as long as you've got Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Yes, as long as you connect there's a world without Wi Fi. No. Oh, well yeah. actually you know, my new favorite place to go in the world is Scotland, and uh, oh. I still am not quite sure how how trade works because, eh. yeah, <laughs> there were many 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 times when um, I just said, you know what, I'm putting the phone down, and I'm just enjoying this glorious country because there's nothing else I can do right now, which was cool. <laughs> but it does make you take take a check back, doesn't it, to realize how connected we are all of the time and how much we take for, how much we take for granted, really, with the speed of those connections too. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's a totally, totally new world, really. Yeah, a new, yeah, front, and a we're, new frontier. And what's uh, what's interesting, and I know we're probably running way over time, it's but okay. you know, we've got one question left. We're fine. Oh, yeah. good. Well, and we touched on, on niches a little bit yeah. earlier. You know, yeah, and technology did. is one of those that that I still could see some stuff happening, even in surface materials mm. that we haven't even thought about yet. And, uh, you know, it's kind of about thinking about think, thinking outside the box and really um, kind of trying to define a, a brand is, uh, and a direction. Even if it's just a niche, you don't have to be everything to everybody. Uh, you just have to do your thing and, and do it really well. I think that's really important. Yeah. And my, my last question is, um, how important is sustainability in the American marketplace? And ju I'll just touch on um, following up from the last question. One of the things about this, the availability of sustainability in my background, my expertise on the digital side too, is that here in the UK, we see lots and lots and lots of people wishing to move over to sustainable practice in large volumes and small volumes. Um, and one of the big things here that's moving forward are new polymers, new fabrics, new sustainable re recycled and beyond recycled um, fabrics, brand new fabrics and substrates. Do you see a thirst for that in the US as well? A desire. A desire, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but then it becomes touchy with the demand. And mm -hmm. um, to me, sustainability is one of those important niches. I don't, first of all, I, I'm, again, it's another key, another sort of, I knew it was going to be a word. Another word. Yes, It's sorry. another word. I should have defined you know? my words earlier. <laughs> But it's important that we use them and then say, wait, 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 what does that actually mean? So, uh, you know, where do you create a sustainable house and how does it play into other key niches? Because frankly, uh, there's so much overlap between technology, mm -hmm. sustainability, wellness, 
that they each shouldn't have their own words anymore. It's about living well. Yeah. It's about making living well financially, living well from a health perspective, and living well with the environment and in mind. And oftentimes, when you do one, the others follow. So having smart home technology in a home um, that lights, you know, are all motion sensitive, that are event sensitive, that that, that are, are set up that you your air conditioner is set up a certain way, your heater is sort of set up a certain way, your refrigeration units in your home in the U.S. were guilty of that. Refrigeration is a huge problem when it comes to global warming, uh, for instance, and yet we need to have these big fridges. So we have to really learn that if we're buying a bunch of stuff to fill two, three-foot refrigerators, then we're wasting money. We're not living better. It's, it's, it's healthier to shop at the fresh market every other day than it is to stockpile stuff. So you need, see everything kind of falls into each other, and sustainability in that very mm. uh, pragmatic sense is part of that. Yeah, it's, cum and, it's and, cumulative, isn't it? Like you say, it's taking small steps throughout yeah. as you say in the interior throughout the interior really and all of those things all of those processes you just take for granted taking a step back and saying oh i can change that as you say you know sensitive lighting heat sensitive glass all of those things that automatically talk to each other and reduce yeah. carbon footprint exactly and and here's the fun part so here we are in an industry that some may still consider quite superficial Oh, so you pick out pretty textiles and you pick out pretty colors. Well, that's super important uh, as when compared to medicine and, and the work, you know, politicians yeah. do. And But here you are thinking that your work is so important. It's crucial. You are dealing with millions of people and you're impacting buying decisions every single day. And if there's a part of a good design practice that thinks in terms of living well, it actually, or, you know, we've kind of, we're toying with this mm -hmm. brand called good home, um, that you're, you're, you're actually impacting how these people are going to live in the space that you're live or work in the space that you're designing. So how is that not one of the most important uh, trades, the one of the most important businesses out there, because you are every day you're in, you're potentially impacting more wellness than a doctor might. Yep. So, why would that not reflect in the designer's value proposition? And why would that not be a big part of their initial programming? What are your children breathing? What are they drinking? Um, you know, how much are you willing to pay for your electricity and water? So, all these factors are can be addressed at the first interview between a designer and a client. So, and, and are they becoming topical? Uh, are they yeah. to, to, you know, very topical in the U.S.? That's good. Yeah, it's they fun. are. They are. But we, we, have, we actually have a Facebook group, and I don't know if you're part of it or not, the Kitchen and Bath Industry Group. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've put this question out. What are your primary topics? Sustainability, wellness, technology. Almost no one said sustainability, mm -hmm. but everyone in their comments said, you know, people would love to be more sustainable, but they're not willing to pay for it. Sustainable practice then, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, my answer is, but you just told me that they are paying for technology. So they are paying for sustainability. So it's for the designers to do, to create the products of the future. Yeah, really. it really is. Start at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Exactly. It's, you have to create the desire. You have to create the demand. And design has to lead the way. It cannot follow mm -hmm. uh, trends. It cannot follow resale value. It must lead the, the conversation yeah. as it traditionally has. And, and then the marketplace will go with it. Everybody wants it, but you have to create more than that. You have to create uh, to where it's simply second nature. Yeah. So as you say, you, it's got to be delivered, not asked for. We have to yep. intrinsically deliberate. Veronica, that's great. One last question, because um, I'm sure I'm conscious that we we are very good at talking. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are. So um, the last question. Thank you so much um, for your time. What's your vision for the future of Madonnas and the interior community? Oh gosh, where would Loaded. you like to get to in the next year, a couple of years? Keep doing what oh. you've been doing very well. Yeah, we're doing great. And uh, so we're, we're really, you know, our overarching brand is actually it's Medanus Media mm -hmm. as a as a name. And then inside there remains our our portal um, of really product delivery. It's never going to be e-commerce. It's bigger than that. But it is meant to then uh, sort of pull in all sources. So if a designer has their own brand, they can be in there as well. We really want to be this, this aggregator where you can find just all of these things. Yeah. Um, Design Hounds is not going anywhere. I think it's, it's in a great place right now. Uh, so we'll just kind of relaunch that and shore that up. And we're working on a new app that is actually driven by um, by retail, by shops and showrooms. And uh, in my mind, they're not dead. Okay. Uh, in fact, they're going to be very, very relevant in the future. And But they need better presence in the social sphere and in the digital sphere. And that's what we're doing with this app. That's all I can say about that. Oh, top secret. So you're creating yes. traffic. Yeah. Retail traffic. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds great. Veronica, thank you so much. What I'll do, I'll make sure that all in all the show notes, um, we have links to your websites and different platforms and um, etc. cetera. Um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. I look forward to seeing you again in, in October. Um, yeah. And thanks for giving us such a great insight into the US market. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a lovely day. It's early for you. You too. <laughs> Take care. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.